Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I want to wish you all a happy Women's History Month. Every year in March, we honor women's history and celebrate the achievements and contributions of women to society. This year, Girl Tales is releasing four very special episodes, one each Friday, celebrating women who have made a difference in their community. These stories are historical fiction, meaning the stories are about real-life women, but the narrators and the stories themselves are imaginary. Today's story is written by Elsa Bermudez and performed by Adriana Colon. And now, here is AOC. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. I've known her forever. When we were kids, I called her Alex, because that's how she had introduced herself to me. We met on my first day of fifth grade in Yorktown Heights, Westchester, New York. I had just moved there from the Bronx. During gym class, I had fallen down after getting hit hard with a stray basketball right in the face. 
as I sat up to understand what just happened, rubbing my warm cheek where the ball had hit me, I saw her, Alex. I didn't have to shield my eyes because her silhouette was blocking the sun. She was a little tall, maybe because I was looking up from the ground. She gave me her hand to help me up. Her smile was wide, but her dark eyebrows were furrowed with concern. She was different from all the other kids who were trying not to laugh. She ignored them completely and focused on helping me. Mariela, right? I'm Alex, she said, as I stood up with her help and dusted myself off. Are you okay? Want help walking to the nurse? Ouch. Yeah, that would be great, I responded. She carefully took my arm and put it around her shoulders. I was so impressed with her confidence and warmth. She felt so mature. I learned so much about her that day. We sat outside the nurse's office, waiting for my turn, while I held a tissue to the wound on my knee, and we talked. Where did you move here from, Mariela? She asked me. The Bronx. That's where my parents are from, too. Well, my mom is from Puerto Rico, and my dad is from the Bronx. Alex's parents were working-class people, just like mine were. Working-class people are so important, but their jobs aren't as well-respected as some other jobs. Working-class people are the people who serve your dinner at restaurants or who mop floors at the grocery store or who drive school buses or answer phones. If no one did those jobs, we wouldn't have restaurants or clean floors or rides to school or customer service. My parents and Alex's parents did whatever they needed to do to earn money to make sure she and I were taken care of, and we had that in common. Alex told me that she felt strange in Yorktown Heights. It was so different from the Bronx. She said she felt a bit like a fish out of water. But she reminded me that's how her mom felt when she moved to New York from Puerto Rico. It was such an adjustment for my mom to move to New York. A new language, a new culture. She was made fun of a lot, Alex said, facing me with her full attention. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel being new, I said. I feel that way sometimes, too. But at least we can speak English. And then she smiled, and I smiled back. Alex knew she was lucky, even in her struggles. Alex and I went to high school together. And there, everyone called her Sandy. We even went to college together. Even though Alex worked as a waitress since college, I wasn't surprised when she went into politics. She had great ideas about how to help people, and she cared about making a difference. Her full name, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was too long, too hard for people to pronounce. 
and the more popular she became, the more people were saying her name. Because she was a friend of the people, they gave her a catchy nickname, AOC, just her initials. Her full name was still there, just condensed. Her friends and the many people who voted for her and supported her started to call her AOC. The weekend after she found out she was elected to Congress, we went for brunch. We were both 29, and she was the youngest woman ever to be elected to Congress. But as we ate our avocado toast and vegetable omelet, we squealed and celebrated like when we were kids. To be a congresswoman is such an important job, I gushed, so proud of my best friend. Think about it. The American people voted for you. They trust you. Every job is an important job, she would tell me, remembering our mothers and all the jobs they did to earn money and take care of us. But I'm excited to do this one, she grinned. She was humble and happy. When she moved to Washington, D.C. to be a woman in Congress, I knew it was going to be hard for both of us. We have been best friends for 20 years, and we've never lived in different cities before. So we were going to miss each other a lot. But we knew we could still video chat, and Alex was so excited to help the people she represented and people all over America through her work in government. Some of the other politicians started to bully her because they didn't like her ideas and they didn't respect that she used to be a waitress before she worked in government. They would use her nickname, AOC, instead of calling her by her title, either Congresswoman or Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Why would they call her AOC? by the nickname that people who loved called her by, if they didn't like her. When they used the nickname AOC, they were using her nickname sarcastically. It was also bullying, because they referred to the people they respected by calling them by their titles and not their nicknames. So it was clear they did not respect her. AOC was called AOC by her friends and supporters, and they were not her friends and supporters. Like Alex said, every job is important. And it was ironic because being a waitress is what prepared her for some terrible bullying that happened to her one day. She video chatted me the day after she voted for the primaries. Do you have a minute? She asked me. She sounded serious. She sounded serious a lot, but usually she says, Hi, how are you? First. I could also see on my little phone screen that she was outside. The sun was setting, and she was walking away from the Capitol building. Her red lipstick was either freshly put on or still on from the day, and she looked important in her suit. Something is bothering me. I do. I'm just making dinner. What's up? 
I said, chopping vegetables. I was casting my vote for the primaries, and right there, on the Capitol building steps, Republican Representative Yoho started yelling at me and calling me names. Alex, also known as Sandy, also known as AOC, was casting her vote for the primary presidential election in 2020. This was the vote for who would be the person running for president under the Democratic Party. Who? He did? I'm sorry, Alex. Are you okay? I said, so surprised, but also not surprised, if that makes sense. She had been treated badly before, especially when she was a waitress. People treated her badly because they thought her job wasn't important. But like AOC always said, all jobs are important. Yeah, I'm okay, she responded. She wasn't, and I could tell. But we say we're okay when we're not sometimes. But it doesn't mean it's right, I told her, trying to be there for her. I wanted to reassure her that it wasn't fair for her to be bullied, even if she could take it. It doesn't. You're right, she told me. But I don't want to draw more attention to me than I already have. She was afraid of continuing to get bullied. As I chopped onions, I watched her face think. Her eyebrows furrowed, just like when we were kids, when she was concerned. He apologized. Well, kinda. Kinda? I asked. I put down the knife I was using to chop vegetables to make sure I could pay attention to Alex. A.O.C., my best friend who wanted nothing more than to make sure everyone was treated fairly. Yeah, just kinda. He didn't apologize to me, though. He said in front of Congress that he apologized for the word he used, but that he wouldn't apologize for his passion. What does that mean? I think it means that he is trying to make excuses for being a rude bully. He even said that he has a wife and daughters. Just because you have a wife and daughters doesn't mean you aren't rude to people. It doesn't mean you're not rude to women. I noticed Alex's hair. It was in a messy bun, and strands were flying from the sides of her head as she walked down the street in her blazer. The sound of her shoes clicked clacked on the pavement. She was feeling determined and powerful. I could hear it in her shoes. Each step was deliberate. You know, she continued, I'm not hurt by Representative Yoho. You're not? I sat down in a chair, in this moment with her, making sure to be there for my friend, like she was always there for me. No, not personally hurt. I know he doesn't like me. But I'm tired of seeing men treat women this way. It is bullying and it is unfair. I don't know if I should say anything, though. It's just another day. It's going to keep happening and... Well, maybe that's exactly 
why you should say something to stop it from happening every day? She stopped walking, and she looked around a little bit. She bit her lip. She always did this when she was thinking. The silence was good. I just watched her until she finally looked at me through the screen. I'm going to make a statement in Congress, and my colleagues are going to know that this rudeness will not be tolerated, and that women and everyone deserve to be treated with respect. You know what to do. I love you, AOC. I love you, she said back, and we gave each other a goofy smile before we said goodbye and hung up. And she did exactly that. She spoke up, not just for herself, but for all the women and people who are treated rudely because of their beliefs. Words are important. The names you call people are important. Names and words have meaning. And no matter how much you don't like someone or you disagree with someone, it's never fair to call them names or to use their name to make them feel small. In my best friend, Alex, Sandy, AOC's own words. I could not allow my nieces, I could not allow the little girls that I go home to, I could not allow victims of verbal abuse and worse to see that. Mr. Yoho mentioned that he has a wife and two daughters. I am someone's daughter too. And I am here because I have to show my parents that I am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men. I will not allow people to create hatred in our hearts. That was AOC, the story of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Written by Elsa Bermudez, performed by Adriana Colon, produced by Tessa Flannery, and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Original theme music by Eli Denby Wood and Amy Geisbers Van Wyk, with a special musical theme by Megan Bagala. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you like this story, share it with a friend. Oh, and remember, I believe you and I believe in you.
Hey, Tailblazers, I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I want to wish you all a happy Women's History Month. Every year in March, we honor women's history and celebrate the achievements and contributions of women to society. This year, Girl Tales is releasing four very special episodes, one each Friday, celebrating women who have made a difference in their community. These stories are historical fiction, meaning the stories are about real-life women, but the narrators and the stories themselves are imaginary. Today's story is written by Elsa Bermudez and performed by Adriana Colon. And now, here is AOC. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. I've known her forever. When we were kids, I called her Alex, because that's how she had introduced herself to me. We met on my first day of fifth grade in Yorktown Heights, Westchester, New York. I had just moved there from the Bronx. During gym class, I had fallen down after getting hit hard with a stray basketball right in the face. As I sat up to understand what just happened, rubbing my warm cheek where the ball had hit me, I saw her, Alex. I didn't have to shield my eyes because her silhouette was blocking the sun. She was a little tall, maybe because I was looking up from the ground. She gave me her hand to help me up. Her smile was wide but her dark eyebrows were furrowed with concern. She was different from all the other kids who were trying not to laugh. She ignored them completely and focused on helping me. Mariela, right? I'm Alex, she said, as I stood up with her help and dusted myself off. Are you okay? Want help walking to the nurse? A thin train of blood was slowly trickling down my leg from my knee. Ouch. Yeah, that would be great, I responded. She carefully took my arm and put it around her shoulders. I was so impressed with her confidence and warmth. She felt so mature. I learned so much about her that day. We sat outside the nurse's office, waiting for my turn, while I held a tissue to the wound on my knee, and we talked. Where did you move here from, Mariela? She asked me. The Bronx. That's where my parents are from, too. Well, my mom is from Puerto Rico, and my dad is from the Bronx. Alex's parents were working-class people, just like mine were. Working-class people are so important, but their jobs aren't as well-respected as some other jobs. 
Working-class people are the people who serve your dinner at restaurants or who mop floors at the grocery store or who drive school buses or answer phones. If no one did those jobs, we wouldn't have restaurants or clean floors or rides to school or customer service. My parents and Alex's parents did whatever they needed to do to earn money to make sure she and I were taken care of, and we had that in common. Alex told me that she felt strange in Yorktown Heights. It was so different from the Bronx. She said she felt a bit like a fish out of water. But she reminded me that's how her mom felt when she moved to New York from Puerto Rico. It was such an adjustment for my mom to move to New York. A new language, a new culture. She was made fun of a lot, Alex said, facing me with her full attention. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel being new, I said. I feel that way sometimes too, but at least we can speak English. And then she smiled, and I smiled back. Alex knew she was lucky, even in her struggles. Alex and I went to high school together, and there, everyone called her Sandy. We even went to college together. Even though Alex worked as a waitress since college, I wasn't surprised when she went into politics. She had great ideas about how to help people, and she cared about making a difference. Her full name, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was too long, too hard for people to pronounce. And the more popular she became, the more people were saying her name. Because she was a friend of the people, they gave her a catchy nickname, AOC, just her initials. Her full name was still there, just condensed. Her friends and the many people who voted for her and supported her started to call her AOC. The weekend after she found out she was elected to Congress, we went for brunch. We were both 29, and she was the youngest woman ever to be elected to Congress. But as we ate our avocado toast and vegetable omelet, we squealed and celebrated like when we were kids. To be a congresswoman is such an important job, I gushed, so proud of my best friend. Think about it. The American people voted for you. They trust you. Every job is an important job, she would tell me, remembering our mothers and all the jobs they did to earn money and take care of us. But I'm excited to do this one, she grinned. She was humble and happy. When she moved to Washington, D.C. to be a woman in Congress, I knew it was going to be hard for both of us. We have been best friends for 20 years, and we've never lived in different cities before. So we were going to miss each other a lot. But we knew we could still video chat and Alex was so excited to help the people she represented and people all over America through her work in government. 
some of the other politicians started to bully her because they didn't like her ideas and they didn't respect that she used to be a waitress before she worked in government. They would use her nickname, AOC, instead of calling her by her title, either Congresswoman or Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Why would they call her AOC by the nickname that people who loved called her by if they didn't like her? When they used the nickname AOC, they were using her nickname sarcastically. It was also bullying because they referred to the people they respected by calling them by their titles and not their nicknames. So it was clear they did not respect her. AOC was called AOC by her friends and supporters, and they were not her friends and supporters. Like Alex said, every job is important. And it was ironic because being a waitress is what prepared her for some terrible bullying that happened to her one day. She video chatted me the day after she voted for the primaries. Do you have a minute? She asked me. She sounded serious. She sounded serious a lot, but usually she says, Hi, how are you? first. I could also see on my little phone screen that she was outside, the sun was setting, and she was walking away from the Capitol building. Her red lipstick was either freshly put on or still on from the day, and she looked important in her suit. Something is bothering me. I do. I'm just making dinner. What's up? I said, chopping vegetables. I was casting my vote for the primaries, and right there, on the Capitol building steps, Republican Representative Yoho started yelling at me and calling me names. Alex, also known as Sandy, also known as AOC, was casting her vote for the primary presidential election in 2020. This was the vote for who would be the person running for president under the Democratic Party. Who? He did? I'm sorry, Alex. Are you okay? I said, so surprised, but also not surprised, if that makes sense. She had been treated badly before, especially when she was a waitress. People treated her badly because they thought her job wasn't important. But like AOC always said, all jobs are important. Yeah, I'm okay, she responded. She wasn't, and I could tell. But we say we're okay when we're not sometimes. But it doesn't mean it's right, I told her, trying to be there for her. I wanted to reassure her that it wasn't fair for her to be bullied even if she could take it. It doesn't. You're right, she told me. But I don't want to draw more attention to me than I already have. She was afraid of continuing to get bullied. As I chopped onions, I watched her face think. Her eyebrows furrowed, just like when we were kids, when she was concerned. He apologized. Well, 
Kinda. Kinda? I asked. I put down the knife I was using to chop vegetables to make sure I could pay attention to Alex. AOC, my best friend who wanted nothing more than to make sure everyone was treated fairly. Yeah, just kinda. He didn't apologize to me, though. He said in front of Congress that he apologized for the word he used, but that he wouldn't apologize for his passion. What does that mean? I think it means that he is trying to make excuses for being a rude bully. He even said that he has a wife and daughters. Just because you have a wife and daughters doesn't mean you aren't rude to people. It doesn't mean you're not rude to women. I noticed Alex's hair. It was in a messy bun, and strands were flying from the sides of her head as she walked down the street in her blazer. The sound of her shoes clicked-clacked on the pavement. She was feeling determined and powerful. I could hear it in her shoes. Each step was deliberate. You know, she continued, I'm not hurt by Representative Yoho. You're not? I sat down in a chair, in this moment with her, making sure to be there for my friend, like she was always there for me. No, not personally hurt. I know he doesn't like me, but I'm tired of seeing men treat women this way. It is bullying and it is unfair. I don't know if I should say anything, though. It's just another day. It's going to keep happening, and... Well, maybe that's exactly why you should say something. To stop it from happening every day? She stopped walking, and she looked around a little bit. She bit her lip. She always did this when she was thinking. The silence was good. I just watched her until she finally looked at me through the screen. I'm going to make a statement in Congress, and my colleagues are going to know that this rudeness will not be tolerated, and that women and everyone deserve to be treated with respect. You know what to do. I love you, AOC. I love you, she said back, and we gave each other a goofy smile before we said goodbye and hung up. And she did exactly that. She spoke up, not just for herself, but for all the women and people who are treated rudely because of their beliefs. Words are important. The names you call people are important. Names and words have meaning. And no matter how much you don't like someone, or you disagree with someone, it's never fair to call them names or to use their name to make them feel small. In my best friend, Alex, Sandy, AOC's own words. I could not allow my nieces, I could not allow the little girls that I go home to. I could not allow victims of verbal abuse and worse to see that. Mr. Yoho mentioned that he has a wife and two daughters. I am someone's daughter too. 
And I am here because I have to show my parents that I am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men. I will not allow people to create hatred in our hearts. That was AOC, the story of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, written by Elsa Bermudez, performed by Adriana Colon, produced by Tessa Flannery, and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Original theme music by Eli Denby Wood and Amy Geisbers Van Wyk, with a special musical theme by Megan Bagala. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you like this story, share it with a friend. Oh, and remember, I believe you and I believe in you. Strong in the night